Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to First Strike right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down everything from a gambling perspective. UFC Fight Night this Saturday night, tomorrow night. Should be a pretty good main event here. We're seeing those numbers shift on Rob Font against Marlon Vera. We'll get to all that in a second. We're going to have Reed Kuhn join us, Jordan Sherwood from Shakur, Chicago, and our producer extraordinaire, Britton Hess, going to make his return uh, in studio today for more of Britton's Bombs. But the man that sets the numbers... Each and every week in combat sports, right here at Circus Sportsbook, right behind us here is Nick Kalikas. He is kind enough to join us once again in studio. Nick, Nick welcome back to the program. Uh, obviously, this should be a pretty good main event. I want to get your thoughts, first and foremost, before we talk about the numbers and how they've switched a little bit. With Vera making weight and Font missing it by two and a half, does that affect the numbers after you post them? Yeah, actually, just send a message to our guys and tell them to stay low on Vera and be the best price on Font for the time being until we see the market kind of trend in a certain direction one way or the other. Because a lot of times, the weigh-ins, a weight miss should impact the weigh-in. Sure. In a case like, it, like, like this, excuse me, let me spit it out a little bit more clear. But in a case like this, I think it does impact the fight a little bit because you're getting a very competitive fight. And if one guy's not maybe taking it as serious, the public's going to come in and bet the other side. So we did adjust a little bit. And again, you see there at 138 and a half pounds now for Rob Font against Marlon Vera, sometimes people go, well, he misses weight. So obviously, for those that don't know, he's going to give up 20% of his purse right off the bat right. to Cheeto Vera here. But could the other side play in where they go, well, now he's going to be a physically bigger man uh, than Cheeto Vera inside that octagon. Could that factor into this fight? Absolutely. And that's what the tricky part is oftentimes. But I think in this weight class, especially this type of weight, it's not going to make it as much of an impact. But in the bigger weight classes, sometimes I think that is the case. And you got to be careful because if you kind of shift the line one way or the other, you might pay for it with the steam coming in the other way because you're right, the physically stronger, bigger right. fighter sometimes will have the advantage. And again, I find that to be a tricky handicap once you have to try to take into account. It's not like a, a pound or a half. This is two and a half pounds now, so you're starting to move up potentially in a, in a different weight classes once you get in those five-pound ranges here. But Rob Font will be the physically bigger fighter against Marlon Vera. The over-under right now is set at four and a half, and it's juiced pretty heavily to the over we're seeing here, uh, Nick, that you have posted at Circus Sportsbook at minus $1.55. And uh, we're seeing it at $1.60 right now at DraftKings here at four and a half rounds. So any action coming in on the under or are people thinking this one's going to go to the scorecards? Not yet, but typically we get most of our total action on fight day. I mean, that's when you see a lot more shifts in the totals. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting more action to come in on that under on fight day more so than right now because I think people are going to anticipate again the, with the weight miss of Font, maybe he's not 100%. Maybe his cardio is not going to last right. him as much. 
So maybe this does trend under. But before that, the market was trending on over and the action was coming on the over. And again, so the, the advice there would be then, Nick, if you like the under, you might want to play it now because you think those numbers might change in that direction. I think so. Like I said, I, I don't see a reason why the weight miss would impact the over. I do think it would impact the under. So you're correct. I think if you're going to get on the under, maybe take it now. And again, this all depends on which side you might like in these handicaps here. But again, I think Nick's giving the right information there that if you want to get the better value for the under players, you might want to get it now 24 hours in advance of this fight night main event. Let's get to the undercard here uh, in the in the uh, co-main event of the evening when you have the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world and Andre Orlovsky back. In, I mean, it's it's been literally decades since he was the champion in the UFC. And here he is north of 40 and still impressive. And right now, still a small favorite right now against Jake Collier. Are you seeing any money come in on the young man at 33 versus the old dog in the octagon in the uh, pit bull in Andre Orlovsky. I thought we might early on, and we are right now, but the first initial action that we got, the big important action was on the favorite. They came in, the sharp group laid the chalk wow. on Orlovsky. We bounced that line up a little bit, and we got action back on Collier. So Collier is receiving action now, and some sharp groups are backing him as well after the line moved up. So we're getting two-way action, heavy action on this fight, believe it or not. And, and Collier is the much bigger man. I yeah. mean, we're talking about 20 pounds in weight differential here. Obviously, 10, year, 10 years younger. Uh, and you look at it and you see 53 professional fights for Olofsky here. I mean, Nick, that I know a lot of people like to fade older fighters, but this isn't just your run-of-the-mill older fighter. You know what? For some reason, I mean, he found the fountain of youth, like you said. His chin's gotten better. He's fighting it's smarter, amazing. right? Defensively, he's a lot more sound. I, I mean, his... Like longevity at this point of his career. I mean, he was a former UFC champ back in the day, so you're right. He's been around for a long time. And you know what? He doesn't seem to lose decisions. And, and that's the thing here. We are seeing a juice to the over a little bit, two and a half, uh, I believe, in the, in the rounds here for DraftKings, that we do believe Orlovsky's become more of a decision fighter. Mm -hmm. The days of the one-punch knockout power might be gone. Are we anticipating that now? And you see it juiced heavily here, minus 220 for over two and a half rounds. I think it's, it's a careful game when, when you're uh, – booking Arlovsky these days because like we said his chin seems to be better his defense seems to be better and it is typically trending on the over but he still has a lot of knockout losses on his resume and Collier if he's going to win this fight maybe he does catch him so we got to be a little bit careful the the trend is on the over for sure because what you said Arlovsky by decision is almost automatic these days it seems on the scorecards always a split decision type of fight too so yes I mean I think more people are going to back the over but I'm a little bit cautious honestly uh, it, what is interesting there if you see submission for either guy 11-1 for Collier 20-1 for Arlovsky this fight we do not anticipate going down with somebody looking for a sub. No, not really. I mean, honestly, if, if there is a sub in this spot here, it might be Collier. Right. He, you know, he's able to get the fight to the ground against maybe lesser opponents, though. This is a bigger step up. We'll see what he does here. Uh, let's keep moving down the card here because it, it's actually pretty deep uh, as you get through it, Nick. And you look at Andre Touchy-Feely here, a solid favorite against uh, Joe Anderson Brito here. Are you seeing any money come in on Brito? Has this all been one-way traffic here for Touchy-Feely? No, early on it was actually towards Feely, but now we're getting sharp action back on Brito, so we are respecting that sharp action. Mm. I mean, and after you analyze this fight a little bit, Brito does have a path. He comes in as a wrestle-heavy game plan, so his path to victory is getting those takedowns and kind of grinding people out. So it, that makes a competitive fight. So I can understand why the sharp action is coming in on the underdog here. But, again, it's a big step up for Brito. I think, you know, Feely's one of the best fighters he's ever faced. And one thing that I did notice, Nick, earlier in the week when I was looking at these numbers initially, it does feels like feels like the books, at least, and yourself included, are anticipating a lot of rounds to go deep into the night. A lot of these fights potentially to go to the cards here. It seems that's the same case here over uh, two and a half rounds here. Not as juiced as heavily as some of the others, but still minus seventy Again, are, are you are you anticipating more under action to come in fight day? Because, again, here's another one juiced to the over. 
Well, but again, I think a lot of people don't believe that this fight's going to end on the, you know, uh, inside the distance. It'll probably hit the scorecards with the Feely side because yep. he's he's been a pretty durable fighter throughout his career. So I think this line's set appropriately. I don't think we're going to get too much heavy action either way. And right now it's just been trickles of balanced action. It hasn't been anything significant. If there's a dog on the uh, main card that might bite, it could be Jared Gordon here, uh, plus $1.55 against Grant Dawson. Are you seeing any sharp money come in here on the underdog? You know what? I was expecting the sharp money to come in that way early on, possibly, but because Dawson, stylistically, Gordon fights guys like Dawson very well, right? Mm-hmm. But the sharp action did come in on Dawson. Wow. And the line got inflated. Because if you look at it from the beginning, you're looking at Dawson minus 145, minus 150. It's kind of an eyesore. The guy's a hyped prospect, a future title contender, possibly. And it seems like a short line, right? That's yeah. all the talk was, man, this price doesn't seem right. Now it's getting towards the spot where we thought it'd be over 200 or around minus 200 or so. So the sharp action did hit Dawson. All right. So we'll see if there's a live dog there, but money coming in right now on the favorite uh you got the damage in there i always say it's the worst best tattoo in all of mma the damage <laughs> on the chest but he can take damage i don't know if that's a good thing but we have seen him just rebound in spots where it looks like he's absolutely done against tristan Connolly here uh elkin's a solid favorite here minus a dollar 70 what do you make of this matchup here with a veteran uh both guys veterans now 37 and 36 years of age yeah these guys honestly are probably underappreciated throughout their whole careers i mean Connolly. He hasn't been in the UFC as long as Elkins. Elkins obviously spent more time in the octagon, and he's been such a great fighter. But Conley's a savvy vet as well, been around the sport for a long time. So this is a good matchup. I like it. I just think it's stylistically it's a nightmare for Conley a little bit, and that's mm-hmm. why you're seeing the line kind of inflate a little bit towards the Elkins side. He should be able to grind Conley out, and the, the danger factor on the Conley side isn't really the threat as Elkins kind of faced in the past where he's gotten beat. You know, it's interesting, too. We, we show the pictures here, just kind of the still pictures. Even in the picture, Darren Elkins is bleeding. I mean, you just you can't get away from it because I don't think you find one where he looks clean inside that octagon. So we expect Darren Elkins to probably leak a little bit, but the damage can take some and certainly dish it out. Uh, Christoph Jock goes back on this card against uh, Gerald Mearshart. This should be a very interesting fight as well. Mearshart right now plus $1.40. Uh, with uh, Jocko here, we know how rangy he can be. Minus sixty. What do you see in action-wise in this one? Not a lot of action here. I don't blame people. I, I, for me, I want nothing to do with Stay this away. fight. I'm yeah. staying away from this fight. I mean, because Mershard is the kind of fighter that can add things in a moment, Boy. especially on the ground, right? Right away. But Jocko should be the, the A-side here, the better fighter overall. He should be able to keep this fight upright and probably outpoint Mershard. But I think the line's probably placed right, and I think a lot of people are having difficulty betting this fight. You know what's interesting about this fight, too? And I mentioned how most of the fights here... You know, the main events, it's juiced four and a half, right? Most of these three-round fights are juiced at two and a half, right? This one's also at two and a half, but not as much. This one feels like if we could get a stoppage here in the middleweight division, possibly could be in this fight? Yeah, I think so. Again, durability kind of is, is a factor either way. Mearshart's striking is getting a little bit better, but if he finishes the fight, typically it's going to be on the ground, right? One mistake, he could pounce on your back. He's that good at getting the submission win. And the other side of it, Jocko, maybe by KO, he possibly could knock Mearshart out. And Mearshart has had kind of an iffy chin at times yeah. in the past as well. So that's why you're seeing this not overinflated on the over. I got to ask you, Nick. So last week we're talking, we thought we were going to get uh, the, the Alexander Romanoff-Chase uh, Sherman fight a week ago, right? And I think you had it about minus 1,500. Now the same fight happens. It's a week later, and now it's 2,200. So is it just you can't get people to take the long odds here on the 11-1 underdog? That's exactly right. And, and everybody's got to – you know what? There's people that are coming in straight laying that 1,500 the last time, like you said. Wow. So they didn't hesitate. You know what? And, and the path to victory is so clear in this fight that it's it's hard not to try to attract dog action for the sports books, right? Because you know people are going to blindly put them in parlays, even if it's like 2,200 like you're seeing here. Sure. I mean, a lot of people would probably pass on, on throwing that in a parlay, but – 
it's going to be automatic in most people's minds, right? So why not throw them in a parlay? And we're not going to attract a lot of dog action. So that is why. Would you expect to see more people try to go for, say, Romanoff by submission? Some some other ways, TKO, TK, uh, DQ, that sort of thing to try to lower those numbers? Yeah, in this fight, I think the most common bet would be Romanoff by submission for sure. But right. the, the, the other factors, maybe he gets mounted on the ground and starts pounding that way too and finishes the fight. So we are going to see those type of bets split for sure. And then, of course, you're going to see the knockout prop on Chase Sherman get bet too because they're going to take a lottery ticket stab there. Uh, I follow you on Twitter at Fight Odds. You should too. And I saw uh, UFC on the line here on, U- on ESPN, a nice promo you did. Tell the people what they get when they check it Thank out. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, Yanni the Greek, myself, and Brandon Fitzgerald, we just did a show. UFCFightPass.com is where you want to go. And, of course, we have all the best bets, our prop bets, everything covered from the gambling perspective of this week's card. And we have a show coming up on Monday as well for UFC 274. So make sure you tune in. UFCFightPass.com. The man doesn't just set numbers. He also does great work on TV as well. Nick, appreciate it as always. Enjoy the fight card. Thank you as well. When we come back, Reed Coon's going to join us. Come on back. It's First Strike on Beast and the Sports Betting Network. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you're going to be able to bet on more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for all MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Dave Ross back here. First strike on VEASAN. And it's always a pleasure to be joined by Reed Kuhn. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Fightnomics. He is the author of a book of the same name. Reed, great to have you back in the program and, you know, each and every week, I feel like I find myself saying this, the cards are a little bit sneaky deeper than people might realize at first blush. Let's get to some of these fights uh, on the main card here. And it was interesting because I just had Nick Klikas on, obviously, who sets the numbers here at, at Circa. And you look at that Mearshart against a Jocko fight, and it feels like a really tough one to handicap here with two veterans in there. Jocko right now, the short favorite over Mearshart. How do you see that fight playing out when you look at the numbers? Yeah, you're right. First of all, this is one where I'm hoping for big differences between my opinion and the market, and I'm not really seeing it. This is not a hugely bettable card for me, um, which basically means that the market prices are pretty strong, like sound. Mm-hmm. I agree with them. So not a lot of value. Uh, moving to Mearshart, though, um, another very close matchup, not 
to disparate odds were generally in agreement. If anything, I would lean for the upset on Mearchart, um, slightly more value on that play. Um, that it's, but if it's more of a, a decision versus finish, and I actually feel more strongly that this goes to the cards hmm. than I do picking a side. Uh, they're they're fairly evenly matched. Um, it's just different styles, and we're not really sure which style is going to overtake. Mearshot actually comes in stronger on paper with his striking, um, but just the ground control time of Jocko is pretty impressive. Then again, Mearshart has a defense in terms of submissions. I mean, there, really, anywhere this goes, there's a back and forth of who has the real advantage. And so um, probably not a hugely bettable fight unless I'm going to take the over and just sort of assume that these guys have an answer for each other wherever the other one might have an opportunity. Hopefully it's fleeting. So I'm probably going to take the over on the decision um, and maybe maybe play Mearshart. Um, and that that's going to end up being a hedge because I think if he wins, it's probably because he catches a submission more than anything else or gets a finish. Um, so I'm almost hedging myself in that situation. You know, Reed is very interesting because we've talked about your models before. You've added uh, the over-unders here to get into those total rounds, and they've been very profitable here. So again, when you have the data on veterans like Jocko and Mearshart here, and for the fight to go to distance, hey, it's plus a dollar, so at least you, you know, you're getting even money plus money there. Uh, are you seeing that, that because you have so much info on these guys that it lends itself toward, towards an over two and a half? Sample size helps for yeah. sure. Um, we need a lot of data to be a little bit more confident and not to have one fight skew the performance metrics for one guy and, and lead us down a, a bad path. So yeah, having some stable data is definitely uh, a big deal for us and it's a requirement. Um, in terms of the totals, I do believe that that's like a more volatile market inherently. Mm. I think people definitely get misled by storylines and it's usually counterintuitive, I think, where the value might lie when it comes to totals. We see some bangers, and what do they do? They go the distance. Or we see some <laughs> strikers, and what happens last week? We just see a whole bunch of submissions when I was expecting striking duels. Um, now, thankfully, I was on the right side of those fights, but finishing um, and decisions is a little bit more counterintuitive, and I think it could be that the math is actually just picking against the market in most situations, just you know, going being a contrarian. So you may not hit it, but you're hoping for value in the long run. Yeah, so that's, very, that's my view of the totals. Yeah, I'm with you. Again, when people start taking those walks down Narrative Street, be very, very careful because you're right. Normally, the, where the mass public plays, that's not normally where the sharp sides are. Let's talk about Alexander Romanoff against Chase Sherman here. And again, it was interesting because this fight was supposed to happen a week ago. It didn't happen. And Romanoff was about minus uh, 1,500 a week ago. Now, it's all the way up to 2,200. So I'm curious what the models say in a guy who's undefeated at 15 and 0 against a veteran in Chase Sherman, he's got you know 24 professional fights here. Both guys 31, 32 years of age. Is there any other way to play this, or do you think it's been steamed up for the right reasons? It has been steamed up. Uh, it is pretty rare to see a line like this in the UFC. Earlier this week, I posted some graphs comparing PFL and UFC in terms of yes. the betting lines. Um, pretty drastic differences. I mean, the PFL was just all chalk and extreme prices. And generally, they came through. We didn't see really any huge upsets. Um, we, I, I would say the biggest upset we've seen in the last year is Amanda Nunes. Uh, but even that line started to pull back closer to fight time. So I think people did have some questions. This has just sprinted. <laughs> Romanoff has taken off. If he closes at minus 2,000, at least according to official UFC metrics, he might close as the biggest bet, uh, betting favorite ever. Wow! Uh, in the UFC, so based on like whose price you take. 
But yes, I mean, on paper, he, he has huge advantages. You have Chase Sherman, who was basically getting washed out of the UFC, pulled back in on short notice. This is not a favorable position for him. Romanov has a variety of submissions. He is going to take this to the ground. And while Sherman, if you were to at first blush say, well, he has 78% takedown defense, that's actually pretty good above average. He's only faced 18 takedowns in his entire UFC career and rarely more than a couple in a single fight. He is going to get tested immediately in this fight. Romanov is going to take this down, and I think that's where he gets a submission. Now, you can't discount heavyweights. Well, there's also some finishing potential with the power, the size. Um, so, you know, picking a submission prop means, well, what if he gets back control and, you know, pounds it out? You lose the bet, even though you were in the right place. Um, so you do have to be careful about that. The under is so juiced, it becomes more of a parlay type anchor. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the submission prop is still reasonably priced. I mean, you're getting a decent return. I do think that's the outcome here, Romanov by submission. But inside the distance, use that for your parlays. You don't normally see a line like this. And historically speaking, when you have like a huge steep betting price, those fights do tend to finish inside the distance. Again, win by finish here for Romanov, minus 650, which is still stunning to see that, that it gets done inside the, before we get to the scorecards. And again, by sub, to your point, Reed, minus dollar twenty. And what you referenced the, with the uh, PFL and certainly uh, with this card, that's why you get to follow Reed on Twitter at Fightnomics. I thought it was absolutely fascinating what your model showed there. Uh, and as you mentioned, very, very profitable earlier in the week and probably will be again this week, we are hopeful of. Let's talk about Jake Collier against Andre Orlovsky here, because this is interesting when you've got the ageless wonder, if you will, and Andre Orlovsky, UFC uh, heavyweight champ, decades, literally decades ago, and yet still fighting north of 40, uh, about 10 years the senior of Jake Collier. What do you make of the matchup here? Because, again, we got the old man as the favorite. Yeah, Orlovsky kind of, he breaks all the trends. It's weird. Um, 43 years old, he's he's probably soon going to become the oldest guy. He wants to keep going for another few years. And I think Olenek, Alexander Olenek, is probably the only guy uh, comparable age. Um, so in general, you know I don't like taking the older fighter. Uh, <laughs> this is fairly close on paper. It's, it's strange looking at these guys side by side because performance metrics, nothing really stands out. Um, neither guy is like really great at one thing. They're just sort of decent in you know, all over, well-rounded, but like not superlative in any way. So um, Arlovsky, well, he has 10 knockdowns throughout his career. He's also been dropped 10 times. That's an even ratio. His knockdown rate is actually below average, and that's below the UFC average, let alone heavyweight average. Um, Jake Collier is right there with him, though, you know, similar. So these guys are not knockout artists. Um, you do see that I think it's juiced to the over, in, which is unusual for a heavyweight situation. Mm -hmm. But for Arlovsky, I mean, the guy just keeps going to the cards. That's the way he fights. And he normally wins by hustle. He just kind of outpoints you. He works a lot. He doesn't take the damage that he used to against the heavy hitters. And this, this is going to be one of those fights. I do think they're going to kind of trade it out. It's going to be back and forth for three rounds. Nothing crazy, probably. Um, but Collier here does work at a much higher pace. And if Arlovsky is hoping to win the rounds based on his scoring, Collier is going to put up a fight there. The guy does average a lot of output. He averages 17 strikes per minute compared to Arlovsky at 10. So that's a big difference. And judges, if nothing big is landing, they're going to go with the busier guy. No. So without any submission threat, I, I think that's what this turns into, kind of a back and forth, uh, light 
striking duel. Yeah, minus $1.90 if you want the fight to go the distance here and not even picking a winner. So maybe that could be a, a way uh, to get good value on a fight that looks like it might be headed for the scorecards. Rob Font missed weight by two and a half pounds today against Marlon Vera in the main event. Does that affect uh, the data and the input that you have when you try to analyze this fight? Yeah, so we're not we're not including weigh-in information in the model. Um, subjectively, I might decide to pull back based on how he looked. If he truly looked bad on the scale, 24 hours is a short time to recover from that, especially a five-rounder. That's a red flag. But already we saw this as basically a wash based on the current price. So if anything, this might tighten up the line and make it a pick 'em. In which case, I'm going to go with my initial lean, which was font. Um, and the storyline here is similar to Collier. I mean, he, Fawn is just the busier guy. And if they stand in trade, he might win more rounds than Vera. Vera is the finishing threat in this situation. He's the harder hitter. He's got the craftier submissions. But Fawn is just a, a very durable uh, go-to striker, just maintains a high pace, outworks his opponents, hustles. Um, and that's good for five rounds on the cards. The weight thing, yeah, it's a red flag, but I wasn't going to be investing deep in Font anyway, so, you know, it just it turns into a wash. All right, that should be a very interesting main event. Hey, Reed, great stuff as always, my friend. Enjoy the fights. We'll catch up with you again next week. There he is, Reed Kuhn, everybody. Follow him on Twitter, at Fightnomics. When we come back, Jordan Sherwood going to Chicago. Come on back. It's First Strike on Beast in the Sports Betting Network. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back on First Strike on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to be joined by Jordan Sherwood straight out of Chicago. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Wood on 1063. Jordan, still the, the, uh, the owner-operator of the unnamed podcast. How is the, how's the name search coming along? Are we sticking with the unnamed? I think we're going to stick with the unnamed. It's, it, it's gone well for us. I mean, we had Bilal Muhammad on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and then Whoa. obviously he was victorious over Vicente Luque. So... Uh, you know, maybe we'll stick with that Chicago theme. Curtis Blades now, I think, has a big fight coming up that they're going to announce here uh, relatively soon. 
Uh, so maybe we'll have him on and just do the Chicago guys. Absolutely love it. You got to get my guy Ricardo Lamas out of retirement if you can do that too, Jordan. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this main card coming up here and certainly Marlon Vera against Rob Font. I wonder, does it change your handicap at all, Jordan, when you see that that uh, Font missed weight rather significantly too by two and a half pounds today here 24 hours before fight day? It makes me feel better because I was on Marlon Vera prior to the weigh-ins. And I'm going to still be on Marlon Vera. And and the, the reason being is because I just think the stylistic matchup uh, is going to benefit Marlon Vera. He's going to get into a boxing, kickboxing match. He's not going to have to be threatened by a guy that's going to look for takedowns or, or a guy that's going to, you know, overwhelm him uh, with, with power or speed. Because uh, Marlon Vera is a traditionally a slow starter. But now, you, you, you know, you look at it, it's a five-round fight. Uh, you know, really neither guy has beaten, you know, a significant bantamweight, even though they've, they, you know, they've, they've had some significant wins, like, you know, Rob Font beating Cody Garbrandt, uh, Marlon Vera being Sean O'Malley. But if you look at the top five, top seven of the division, neither one of them has won a, has won a big time fight. So I just like the matchup for Vera. I think leg kicks are going to be a huge factor in this fight. Mm-hmm. And I think Vera gains momentum as the fight progresses. And this is an opportunity for Cheeto. Main event spotlight, five rounds, so more rounds to work with uh, to, to likely uh, get a decision victory over over Rob Font due to, due to, due to the activity that he's going to bring in the later rounds. Now you led me right to where I wanted to go there. The over is juiced here, four and a half pounds, uh, four and a half rounds rather, but you do like, even though the weight addition here for Font, you think this will still go all five rounds? Because sometimes you worry about the cardio for the guys that miss weight and maybe they don't have enough gas in the tank. You still think this thing can go all five? I, I do. Um, I, I, I do. I, I know Marlon Vera is a finisher. I mean, he looked, you know, great, you know, in that third round knockout of uh, Frankie Edgar. But then again, he was losing that fight the first two rounds uh, to, to Frankie. So uh, both guys, yeah, can thump. Both guys have finished. But I think they're, they're both going to be cautious. They understand the importance of this fight. Need a win. Main event spotlight. And certainly Rob Font can't have another loss handed to him like Jose Aldo did, I believe, in his last fight. So. Vera and the over uh, are going to be my recommendations on this uh, fight tomorrow night. Uh, Jordan, let's stay kind of close to your neck of the woods there in Chicago. When we talk about Darren, the damage Elkins uh, from Indiana, not too far away there, border state from Illinois, taking on Tristan Connolly here. And the damage right now, a solid favorite at minus $1.70. Look, love watching them fight. I think it's the best, worst tattoo in the game of MMA. But I, I do worry, how many more punches can the damage take and still keep coming back? It, that, I mean, isn't that the question we ask in every single Darren yes. Elkins fight? And, yes. And, and, and how much damage did he take prior to getting oh that tattoo? Like, what was going on there? <laughs> was that just one drunken night that he like, yeah, oh, it's a good idea. But that's who he is. It and is. he just keeps coming like the zombie. And look, uh, I think he's all wrong for Tristan Connolly. I think the combination of just being able to take that damage and Tristan Connolly's not an overwhelming striker. You know, he's just a grinder kind of similar, like a B version, if you will, of Darren Elkins. But I don't think Tristan Connolly can handle the wrestling that Darren Elkins time and time again, reverts back to great top control, great chain wrestling, and just be able to to wear down his opponent and and win a three round fight. Uh, You know, and, and Darren Elkins too, like, you know, he comes back time after time. And I don't think that'll be, I don't think that'll be a factor. I, I handicapped Darren Elkins, you know, even close to like a dollar ninety, dollar ninety-five favorite. Uh, so I love him at this value. And, and quite honestly, I think Tristan Connolly is known for 
a win that he shouldn't have won. And that's because Michelle Pahea decided to dance his way out mm-hmm. of his cardio on his way to his fight. And then Tristan Connolly got a big time upset. Kudos to him. He won the fight, but I, it wasn't overly impressive. So Darren Elkins, one of my biggest plays on the card tomorrow night will be him just because of the combination is if I'm not worried about the striking of Tristan Connolly versus Elkins and plus the fact, I think Darren Elkins wrestling his cardio. And again, until his head falls off, his head's not going to fall off. So Darren Elkins wins the fight and wins it pretty handily, in my opinion. If you like that, and I know that that's going to be your standalone play there, minus dollar seventy here at DraftKings. Would you also nibble a little bit on Darren and the the fight to go the, the distance here and win on a decision? You get that plus value there at plus a dollar forty. Do you think that makes logical sense? If he doesn't get the stoppage, he should be ahead in the cards. Yeah, I mean he should be ahead in the cards, but I I could see Darren Elkins, you know, getting a third round TKO, you know, getting a, a rear naked choke late in the fight as well. So I'm just gonna play it safe with Darren Elkins just to win outright. I don't I don't think I need to get cute. If it balloons up to like a dollar ninety, dollar ninety five, mm-hmm. two dollars, then maybe you want to get a little bit cute. Uh, with the way that and the method, and I would lean towards him winning via decision. Yeah, exactly. You're you're right though. You don't want to get too uh, cute there with Darren Elkins because if he's ahead, he's not going to just try to ride this thing out on the cards. He will try to go for that stoppage if he can get it. Uh, let's get to some of the leans that you have on this fight card here, Jordan. And I look at Grant Dawson against Jared Gordon, and and you feel like maybe this is a spot for the dog, but you don't see it that way. You think the favorite's going to shine through here? I, I do. I, I think it was a. Uh, 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 awakening for for Grant Dawson his his last time out where he got you know he got the win but it was a struggle or excuse me no he got a split draw with uh you know his la- his last time out so it wasn't uh, it, he was convincing early but then really struggled late and he's a big time prospect good submission artist you know 17 and 1 record it's nothing to 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 write home about and, and look the other reason too is is like you know Jared Gordon's a good fighter and you know he 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 he's a grinder also known for his cardio, known for his toughness and his life story. But, but like, that's the stuff he's known for. He's mm-hmm. not known for the things that are going to cause issues, in my opinion, outside of Grant Dawson guessing out. And quite frankly, I, I don't think that that's going to happen again. I think he's learned his lesson. He's maturing as a fighter. So I love him at a dollar eighty price right there because I think Jared Gordon is going to get taken down. We've seen it happen to him time and time again. I could see him getting locked in a submission because that's what Grant Dawson does. He submits people, he breaks arms, he chokes people out. So uh, I'm not buying the hype that, that Jared Gordon is the dog of the night. There's other guys that I think that are underdogs that are better plays than him. So I think uh, I think Grant Dawson gets the win. And again, similar to Darren Elkins, just just wins it kind of handily. Not impressed with what Jared Gordon's going to bring to the table against Grant Dawson. You mentioned the submission there. If you want to get him via sub, a solid plus money there, almost $4 at plus 380 there. You think that is a, if he's going to get this fight down to the ground, that he's got a chance to get that sub. You think maybe a little sprinkle there as well? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, because Gordon's a guy that, that that has struggled with, with a little bit times before. And granted, he's also well-versed on the ground. Uh, but I, I just don't think wet Brankett's going to be the way. Grant Dawson's going to hunt for a finish. He, you know, the, the draw against Ricky Glenn, again, that, that's a sour taste in his mouth. He was winning that fight and should have won that fight handily. Gassed. Ricky Glenn did did stuff that Jared Gordon's expected to do. So fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Talking with Jordan Sherwood. Got a couple minutes to go here. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Wood on 1063. I do want to get to another Chicago guy and the former UFC heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. And I can't believe we keep saying that, but it was literally 
two decades ago that he was the champ here. And yet at 43, he's still a favorite if he can believe it against a guy 10 years, his junior. So what do you make of when you look at Orlovsky here, the new on, I don't know if it's like 3.0 on Orlovsky, but not the finisher anymore, but the guy likes to stick and move and try to avoid damage. You know, the chin was suspect back in the day. I don't know if that's still the case. Cause it looks like now Jordan, he just doesn't take a lot of shots inside the octagon. What do you make of this matchup against Jay Collier? Yeah, he, he this is version 3.0 and, and he he goes into sparring matchups with with these guys now. And and look, these these heavy lights, unless you're Tom Aspinall, allow it to happen. <laughs> allow it to happen where he has just, you know, a shadow boxing match, avoids damage, lands a couple of things, does enough activity. He's still got great footwork, he's still got very good takedown defense. Um his chin has come around three different times. And yeah, he get, he gets his win, and you can't balk at the fact that he has now won three fights in a row. And Jake Collier, I can't figure it out. The guy ballooned from a middleweight <laughs> to a heavyweight now. Um, it you know it's 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 a great diet, you know. I guess you know you eat what you want, and like you're still compete at the at the top level. But like he still lands a heck of amount of significant strikes. I think it's the heavyweight record, like 17 significant strikes thrown per minute in the heavyweight division. So he's still active like a middleweight, even though now he's you know, running around like 250, 257. So slight lean for me on Collier. I mm. think he's going to do enough activity, give the fight Orlovsky wants, but match the activity and land a little bit more damage, even though Collier win-loss, 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 that's been happening quite frequently. We see that happen a lot. You don't like that if you're betting Collier, but I think he's going to do enough to get it. I really do. Got 10 seconds to go. Do you want to say anything about the Chicago White Sox? They need a win tonight. Badly. We'll see if they can get it. Badly. Rough times on the south side of Chicago. Jordan, appreciate the time and the information as always. Come on back. Our All producer, right. Britton Hess, next right here. First strike on Visa in the Sports Betting Network. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of video and VEASAN experts, including tracking line moves and odds and props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the entire country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on First Strike, I am Dave Ross, and it is always a pleasure. The guy that you don't see is knowing behind the glass, and that is Britton Hess, our star producer here at VEASAN. And you do a great job each and every week, and every once in a while we get you out from behind the glass, and we have something called Britton's Bombs. And your bombs have been pretty darn good, hitting on a pretty good pace here as we've had you on. So, Britton, we had to bring you back and get your thoughts here on this card as you've had the benefit of listening to Jordan Sherwood and Nick Kalikas and, uh, of course, our guy Reed Kuhn as well. I want to know what is Britain's bomb of the day and maybe a parlay selection that you like. Yeah, well, if I if release more of these, I might be on a no-fly list soon. But um, <laughs> I like Tetsuro, Tetsuro Tyra okay. parlayed with Natan Levy. Mm. It pays about plus 113, plus 110, depending on where you're at. Um, they're both guys that are... They look like they're being set up for a win right now. Mm. Levy lost a close decision in his first fight in the UFC. I think his opponent isn't exactly up to par. Um, you know, it's it's Breeden who fought, uh, or who his last time out was finished in an early KO versus a guy who doesn't have a lot of KOs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as Candelaro versus Tetsuro, uh, T- Tyra, mm-hmm. uh, Candelaro is went one and one in contender series. He, he's coming off a loss in contender series into this into this fight. Uh, which is never really a good sign because usually guys are storming out of contender series, not right. limping out of it. So I feel like there's you know some stuff happening behind the scenes. They got to get this guy a fight. He's going to get a little paycheck, but I don't think that this fight is about him. I don't think the organization set it up for him. And, and I like where you're at here because Britain, what you've done is you've taken Tyra here at a solid uh, about 250 uh, favorite that we're seeing, 240 here, even better number at BetMGM, and you're also putting that up. Uh, excuse me, with DraftKings, and you're doing that with uh, Levy, who's a, a solid favorite as well. So you've taken those two favorites and got plus money out of the equation here at a plus $1.13. Again, you can shop around for the best number, but a pretty good number right here at DraftKings to make those big minus numbers into a plus uh, number there. When we talk about the ageless wonder that is Andre Orlovsky against Jay Collier, and I feel like our experts, we've kind of had some differing opinions on this and how this fight might go. What do you make of Orlovsky here at 43 years young against the 33-year-old in Collier? Well, first off, I just want to take a second to point out you know when we, we're dealing with these older fighters who've been in the organization forever sometimes the numbers do weird things yes like in the example is last week where all week you i all of our experts every expert i talked to um was thinking that claudio puelas was going to run away from clay guida it wasn't going to be close and we were expecting you know a huge shift on the day of the fight i think circa here closed at um minus 120 for puelas and only you know even money on guida which it was stunning we all thought that that was going to be a uh or we, we all thought that that was, you know, the best value on the card. It was going to get steamed blatant. up, and it never did. It never got steamed up, but that reminds me, these smaller cards, less involvement, the mm. guy who's in town for the weekend, oh, I know the name Clay Gita. Oh, plus money, I'll take him. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that that's what suppressed that line. Um, and then tying that into this fight with Arlovsky. So Arlovsky's another guy that everyone knows, everyone's seen fight. He's got 53 pro fights. He's been fighting professionally since the 90s. It's unbelievable. Um, uh, and he's going against a guy, Jay Collier, and I think tomorrow people are going to be betting on Arlovsky due to that name recognition, um, kind of like what we saw with Guida last week, sure. keeping that number in line. But the difference is that I actually like Arlovsky here. I think that his fight IQ is in a total different stratosphere than Jake Collier. Jake Collier used to fight at middleweight. All right, He's weighing in at 265 pounds now. He's pushing the limit 
which is 80 pounds higher than what he used to fight at. <laughs> it's not middleweight anymore. No, exactly. And so he's a he's kind of a chaotic fighter. Yeah. You know, his last win was against Chase Sherman, who we can talk about Chase Sherman later if you'd like. My goodness. Um, but long story short is that I don't give people much credit for beating Chase Sherman. He's 0-6 in his last six mm-hmm. UFC fights. Um, so I just think that if neither guy gets the KO, which obviously heavyweights, there's always a chance a wild punch hits somebody on the button and uh, and it's over. Um, I think that if it's a point fight, you got to go with Arlovsky. He's shown that he is a great point fighter. Every win he's had since I think 2015 has been a decision. His last KO he's not was in 2015. Guys, exactly. Yeah. So I like Arlovsky. Is if this fight doesn't go the distance, I would lean Arlovsky definitely. And again, if you want to go Arlovsky uh, via decision, it is plus of dollar twenty, so you can turn that negative into a positive. But to your point here, if you think that the fight's going to go the distance, you're not getting great value, minus $1.90 right now, because it does feel like this one could go to the cards here. And again, Collier, he's going to have to be busier, because we know that's Orlovsky, like you like to say, we talked about it before the break. He just does enough, right? Yep. It's, it's not flashy anymore. I mean, he does enough to stay at a harm's way, because the chin used to be suspect. But I don't know if it's suspect, because he didn't get hit a whole lot anymore. He didn't yep. take a whole lot of damage. No, exactly. He's got his high guard. He's moving as much as he needs to. I mean, again, we say his defense is really good, but he... You, you know that he's an old veteran because every time he's not going, he does just enough in every aspect. You know what I mean? He's not loading up his shots. You know, he's not going to force a double leg, you know, and expend a lot of effort. He's all conserving energy, not take, taking damage, and getting a little bit in when he can. All right, talking with our producer, Britton Hess, who Britton's bombs, giving out some good information here on First Strike. Let's get to the fight that you mentioned with Chase Sherman. And again, uh, Alexander Romanoff, a week ago, this fight was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. It was minus 1,500. We went, well, that's... You expect that. Undefeated guy, 15-0, Chase Sherman kind of out of the UFC. Now he's back in. Now it's been juiced up from minus 1,500 a week ago to 2,200 this week. 11-1 for Chase Sherman. You never see numbers like this. I mean, again, you can go back, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm. Uh, you, you can go back to to Juliana Pena against Nunes. It was only 7-1. 11-1, and you look at it and you go, well, these are big boys. You can get a knockout. Is there any chance for the lucky haymaker for Chase Sherman? I don't see it. You know, we have a joke in the control room that is the uh, John Volante worst fighter in the UFC award because John Volante, uh, John Volante, good guy. He was good for a while, but he stuck around for so long. He, he kept did. getting fights he shouldn't be in. Like I said earlier, Sherman's lost his last six UFC fights in a row. He might be making a run for the title of the John Volante worst fighter in the UFC award. Uh, so I think that Romanov is the side. And if you want to try to get some plus money, I think via KO is actually an all right prop at plus 130. Via KO? Yeah, because Sherman. You know, I don't think he's great, but I do know that he's been in the octagon more than most people. He knows that if it's on the ground at all, it's not going to end well for him. Sure. His only shot is to keep it on his, on the feet. And Romanov, we know, can KO, get KOs on the feet. So. Well, that's the only way to find plus value as you look at the, the uh, prop scenarios here that plus $1.30 at DraftKings, if you do like the KO, TKO, or DQ, again, the sub minus twenty, and then just to win by, deci- by finish, rather, is minus 650. To win by decision... Plus 650. Can Sherman gut it out for three hard rounds and then lose in the cards? I'm sure that he's telling himself right now that he can do that. I just don't necessarily see it with uh, with what we've seen out of Romanov in the octagon. He's right. so deadly. He moves so well for a guy that's as big as he is. Um, and as I've said, you know, he's got KOs in his career. He's got a lot of submissions in his career. Um, it's basically Sherman just has to be on the back foot before the fight even starts. And once they're in the octagon, you know, the doors close. There's nowhere to run. And I think Romanov is going to feast. You guys have the John Volante overrated award back there? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. 
<laughs> John's a very nice guy. I had him on the show before. He's a great guy. Uh, no offense. We won't bring that up to him. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to the main card here, and certainly uh, the main event of the night: Marlon Vera against Rob Font. Again, we've had uh, our experts kind of differing opinions on this fight here uh, so far, and we know obviously the news today was that Rob Font missed weight by two and a half pounds against Cheeto Vera. Does that sway? Did that did that move your mental capacity when you're handicapping this fight, knowing that he missed weight by two and a half pounds? It you know. Conspiracy theories brewing. Something's wrong. He's sick. He's got an injury or something. Because I know that Rob Font is a consummate professional. Yeah, that's the so thing. So he's not the guy. If you look at this card, who's going to miss weight? Not Rob. He would have been my la- one of my last choices. A guy to actually miss weight. Um, you know, he, he's coming off a big fight versus Aldo. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think he's lost any competitive drive or spirit. Um, but that said, this fight in general, it, it's tough to handicap because these guys are. There's a lot of data, and mm-hmm. so we've got a lot of good memories and a lot of bad memories from each of these guys. Sure. One thing that did stick out to me, though, and in looking deeper into Vera's record, he's 18-7-1. I think it's seven KOs, eight subs, three decisions. All seven of his losses are also via decision. So I think that leans to the over because, I mean, mm. I don't think Font is a guy that forces. Um, he, he doesn't force a finish. Uh, he doesn't have crazy power. He's a good boxer. He doesn't have crazy submissions. But I feel like this fight going longer is the, the safest thing I, I can think of. And again, it's juiced as you get it at minus $1.60 at four and a half rounds. But if you want the fight to go the distance, a little bit better value at minus $1.50. I would probably tend to play the over just four and a half instead of shaving it just about 10 cents off the off the dollar there to get it to a decision just in case something crazy happened in the final two and a half Yeah, desperation minutes. in the last right. the last minute of the fight. You know you're, you're behind. Mm-hmm. You maybe, maybe you become more vulnerable. But that said, though, when guys miss weight, they don't always have the cardio, so that's the one thing. That, that's why this one's tough, and that's why I don't know if it's even worth firing. All right, got one minute to go here, uh, Britton, uh, before the end of the show. Any fight on, on this entire card that you go, you know what? That one's not being talked enough about. I like the value in X. Is there another fight that you look at? I, it could be, obviously, I look at Andre Feely back in there, uh, the damage, Darren Elkins back in there. Is there any fight that really has grabbed your attention from a betting perspective? Um, I think that, well, one, I think that Feely's a good parlay piece okay um you know against joe anderson brito he's you know you're laying about what minus 260 um on his, on just the side so it's hard to swallow that juice when you're knocking on and anything is possible great stuff um, as always Britain. we'll, we'll you. see you next week uh, back here on first strike thanks to Britain, jordan sherwood reed coon and of course nick Likas. thanks for watching first strike on these and the sports betting network Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. I oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.